Good morning. There you go. It's good to see everybody on this very special uh, graduate Sunday. We'll be recognizing our graduates in just a moment. And at the conclusion of the announcements, the scripture reading and prayer, we'll actually stand and uh, our graduates will come in. And we want to welcome uh, the family members. I'm sure Kevin is going to have more to say uh, about this a little bit later. But uh, again, just welcome uh, to this very special Sunday. If you're a guest of ours, if you would be so kind to reach into the pew rack in front of you, take out a care card, we would love to have a record of your attendance and there's space provided on the back if there's a prayer need in your life that the staff can be joining you in praying for uh, this week. Going to keep announcements brief. Uh, first of all, remember the quarterly uh, community breakfast next week before Sunday school. That'll be in the core. And then also please get your kids and grandkids registered and, and students and youth registered for vacation Bible school. We need you to go online or pick up the forms uh, in the Welcome Center today and take care of that. And also take care of signing up uh, for the suppers before VBS. Uh, it's only $16 per person for the whole entire week to get supper each night uh, before uh, VBS begins. So uh, be taking care of these matters today, if you would please. But again, welcome. Uh, in honor of the graduates, let me, uh, let me read something to you that I really want to, to have the graduates allowed to sink in. David says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be, be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. Father, we thank you for this testimony of King David, a reminder to us that your hand is always upon the life of the one who is your child. We're so grateful that there is nowhere we can go from your presence. And Lord, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Lord, I pray that these would be verses that the graduates would take to heart. You've been with them every step of the way. You created them. You formed them. And God, I pray in their lives that they would seek your plan for their lives always. That they would not turn to the left or to the right, but they would put their hand upon the plow to follow you. Lord, help them to keep their eyes fixed upon Jesus and to seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, I pray that they would lay their treasures up in heaven and seek you and your kingdom above all in their lives. Lord, I pray that they would see your fingerprints all over their lives. That they would be assured that you're watching over them. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them discernment for living in these days. Lord, be with their families. We celebrate along with their families today. We know that, that this is the end of one chapter and the exciting beginning of another. And God, we are here to worship you today for the wonderful works that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand please? Before Curtis comes to pray, let me mention that we are missing one of the graduates this morning, Jonah Edgerton. He hopped a plane along with Madeline Sesma this morning. They're on their way to serve in Alaska as some of your summer missionaries this summer. So we are missing uh, Jonah being a part of this. Uh, his family is here. We're grateful uh, for that. And at the end of the service, we'll be having a commissioning prayer for others uh, who are about to leave for Alaska as well. Psalms 25, 4-7. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all the day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you have given us. As we open up the next chapter of our lives, I pray for guidance, that we may not stray from your path. I pray for strength, that we may stay rooted in our faith. And I pray for wisdom, that we may not fall to temptation. Thank you for this church and the love and support it has shown its members. I pray for Jonah and Madeline. Please give them peace and keep them safe on their way to Alaska. In your name, amen.
Well, good morning. So good to be here today. Um, this day is a very bitter, sweet day for me all at the same time. I love to see the hand of the Lord on the lives of these graduates and what they've done in our youth ministry for seven years. But it's also uh, sad to see them go. Um, through uh, seven years, you can establish some, some meaningful, close relationships and uh, relationships that will not end just because that they're graduating uh, from our church. But I certainly look forward to uh, the future for them, knowing that the hand of the Lord is with them and on them and that he will lead and guide them into his truths and to, to journey uh, to, to seek to bring his name, honor, and glory. So with that, I'm, I'm super excited to uh, introduce to you our graduating class of 2023. And to help me out this morning, I have my lovely assistant, Matt Tucker, who's our youth intern this summer. He's going to be handing them a copy of God's Word. Uh, it is the NLT translation, um, but it's more than that. It's called the NLT Filament Bible. You may have heard Pastor Scott speak about it. But uh, the Filament Bible on every page has a QR code that you can scan. And you download an app on your phone uh, that connects you to a website that is full of study notes, background, uh, context, uh, videos. And so it really is a study Bible, but it's a very personalized study Bible. And so I'm very thankful to give them um, this gift this morning from our church. Um, so without further ado, we're going to introduce our graduates. Uh, our first graduate this morning is Blake Andrews. I love you, man. Blake is the son of Jeff and Kelly Andrews. He will be graduating from Northwest Cabarrus High School. His honors are summa cum laude, AP Scholar Award, National Honor Society, first place in the Skills USA Drafting Championship, and state qualifier for cross country and track. Um, I didn't graduate summa cum laude. I graduated thank laude. That's how I graduated. Blake uh, will be attending UNCC in the fall uh, in the School of Engineering. His life verse is Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, that says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Andrews. Would Blake's family, parents, and friends please stand? We'd like to recognize you as well. Amen. Amen. Our next graduate this morning is Kylie Cheyenne Daly. Congratulations. I love you. Kylie is the daughter of Ricky and Nicole Daly. She will be graduating from Concord High School 
and she uh, has been on the A-B honor roll. I think I made that once, but I did make it. I can claim that one. Um, uh, her plans are to go to Rowan Cabarrus Community College, and her life verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Ladies and gentlemen, Kylie Cheyenne Daly. Would Kylie's family please stand, recognize you as well? Thank you. God bless you. Our next graduate is Daniel Diaz. God bless you. He's more affectionately known as Danny. He is the son of Javier and Erica Diaz. He is graduating from Northwest Cabarrus High School. His honors are, he's graduating with honors from the Northwest STEM program with the AP Capstone STEM diploma. That, that's a mouthful. Uh, I'm assuming that means a whole lot, and I'm sure it does. I think there's only like four or five at his school that get this, and he's one of them. Um, his life verse is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Diaz. <laughs> Danny's family, would you please stand this morning so we could recognize you as well. Pastor Scott's already mentioned Jonah, but we are going to pretend that Jonah is here. So he gets his Bible. I'm hugging his neck, and he's going right here. There he is. But he can't be here because he's on a plane to Alaska. You know, I'm so thankful um, that our church, again, invests in the lives of students. Uh, Jonah's been on many mission trips with us, and I'm sure that the Lord uh, used those mission trips to form and fashion him to hear the Lord's call to go to be on mission this summer. So I'm super proud of Jonah, so thankful for Chris and Melinda, their involvement in youth group, and just raised their youngins right. Um, uh, but Jonah uh, will be graduating from Northwest Cabarrus High School, and uh, he'll be attending uh, Roland Cabarrus Community College in the fall. And his life verse is James 1:12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So, Jonah, you get a hand clap, buddy. <laughs> Are Chris and Melinda out and family members? Where? Oh, there they are, up there. Okay. Next, we have Jenna Lee Hornbeek. I love you. God bless you. She is the daughter of Scott and Amy Hornbeek, and yes, she's on time. <laughs> She'll be graduating from J.M. Robinson High School, and her honors are uh, National Honor Society, Beta Club, National, National Technical Honor Society, and the Academy of Engineering and Automation. She wants to go design car engines, is that right? Wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. She'll be going to RCCC uh, in the fall, but she will already have 35 hours of credit toward her degree. Her life verse is Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, 
for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Lee Hornby. Are the Hornbeaks here? Would you please stand? And family and friends of, there we go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Next, we have Baden Jones. Right up your name. Um, Baden is the son of Robbie and Dina Jones. He'll be graduating from Mount Pleasant High School. His honors are that he's a junior marshal. He was a junior marshal, Beta Club member, Mu Alpha Theta, Summa Cum Laude, D uh, Phi Theta Kappa, National Tech Honor Society, FCA leader, where he also uh, was awarded with the Paul Lassiter FCA Award. He'll be attending Mars Hill University on a full academic scholarship. And Robbie and Dina shout, hallelujah. <laughs> His life verse is Romans 8, verse 18. that says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Ladies and gentlemen, Baden-Jones. Baden's family, would you please stand up in the balcony? Amen. Amen. Next, we have Isaiah Keith. God bless you. Isaiah is the son of Dustin and Andrea Keith. He graduates from Liberty University Online Academy. Uh, and his plans are to go to Liberty University in the fall. And he just got this cool little toy. It looks like uh, Michael J. Fox's toy that he had in Back to the Future, like that skateboard that hovered around. But this one actually has wheels, and that thing flies. I'm like, man, you need to be careful on that thing if you plan to go from class to class. Don't break your hand again, right? Yeah, he went on a college visit to Liberty University and went down one of their fake ski slopes and fell once. And he said, I'm going to try that again. And then he went back down it again and fell and broke his hand. So, <laughs> And somehow he graduated with a 4.0. I don't know. <laughs> his life verse is Philippians 1.6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Keith. <laughs> Would the Keith family please stand, friends and family of Isaiah Isaiah, you made it this far despite your grandmother. So that's. <laughs> I love Linda Strickland, I really do. Our next graduate is Curtis McInnes. God bless you. Proud of you. Proud of you. Curtis is the son of Gavin and Melody McInnes. He'll be graduating from West Cabarrus High School. Uh, and his plans are to be a Seahawk at UNC Wilmington this fall. His life verse, Psalm 25, 4 through 5. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait 
all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, Curtis McInnes. Would Curtis's family please stand over here to my right? Next, we have Lennox Holland Moore. <laughs> We've been doing that for a long time, so I thought we would do it today at her graduation. Lennox is the daughter of Mark and Melanie Moore, and she is graduating, well, actually graduated a week ago or so, right? And already been to Paris and everything. That's pretty cool. Um, she graduated from Northside Christian Academy. And uh, she is going to be attending soon the Avita Institute of Cosmetology. That's where they do makeup and hair and beautification. I'll be your first customer. Her life verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ladies and gentlemen, Lennox Holland Moore. <clears throat> Would Lennox's family please stand? Here we go. Our next graduate is Jackson Scott Rush. Congratulations, buddy. Jackson is the son of Jeff and Tamara Rush. He'll be graduating from Northwest Cabarrus High School, and he is the valedictorian of his class. The only way that I would have ever been valedictorian is if I were the only one in the class. <laughs> he'll be graduating from, he'll be going to college at UNC Charlotte in the fall. In his life verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackson Scott Rush. Amen. <laughs> Would Jackson's family please stand? And our last graduate this morning is Megan Nicole Thornton. <laughs> Megan is the daughter of Mark and Paula Rush. Uh, she will be great. Wait, no, that was the last one. I know I couldn't make it through, y'all. There's this show that's going on. She's the daughter of Mark and Paula Thornton. Don't want to get any rumors started now. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. She'll be graduating from uh, Central Cabarrus High School. Her honors are Honor Roll, National Honor Society, and Beta Club. And she will be attending UNC Charlotte also in the fall. Her life first is Joshua 1-9. I have, not have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Megan Nicole Thornton. <laughs> Would Megan's family please stand? All right, amen. Praise the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, 
This is the graduating class of 2023. Yeah, I'm going to sit down now.
Well, good morning. Now that I have a mic, I get to speak for myself. The wrist breaking did happen. It's not going to happen again, no worries. Y'all can go ahead and stand up, and we're going to start worship today. Tenderness, he saw me weary and sick with sin, and on his shoulders brought me back to his fold again. While angels in his presence until the courts of heaven reign. Oh, the love that's on me. Oh, the love that brought me. No, the grace that brought me to the fold of God. The grace that brought me to the fold of God. He died for me while I was in
tells the sun to rise every morning, covers the sky with the shades of His glory, makes us with mercy and love. Jesus does. Who holds the orphan, comforts the widow, cries for injustice, feels every sorrow, carries the pain of his children. Jesus does. So we sing praise to the Father who gave us the Son. Praise to the Spirit who's living in us. When I was a sinner, He saved me from who I was. Cause that's what Jesus does. Who understands the heart of a sinner Showers His grace over all our mistakes Washes us clean with His blood Jesus does I believe that He does Who sings the song of sweet forgiveness Who stole the keys to hell and the grave Who has the power to save Jesus does So we sing praise to the Father Who gave us the Son Praise to the Spirit Who's living in us When I was a sinner he saved me from who I was Cause that's what Jesus does Oh, what a friend Oh, what a Savior He's always been good He'll always be faithful He came to my rescue When I needed the most the Son, praise to the Spirit, who's living in us, when I was a sinner, He saved me from who I was, so we sing praise to the Father, who gave us the Son, praise to the Spirit, who's living in us. When I was a sinner, He saved me from who I was. God, I know, cause that's what Jesus does.
You guys can be seated. Thank you. Thank the praise band for coming and leading us this morning. One thing I, I failed to um, mention as I was uh, introducing the graduates, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, especially as you train them in the right way to go. And so if you have been a children's leader or a youth leader at any point at any time in the life of these graduates, would you please stand? Been a youth leader, a children's worker, all over the church. Amen. <laughs> Very thankful for what you do. Uh, takes a team to, to educate our uh, children in the ways of the Lord. And so, very thankful for your service. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, let me invite you to turn them to Proverbs chapter 4. Um, we are going to be looking uh, in a moment at verses 1 through 13. And as you're turning there, I want to begin uh, this morning uh, in a way that we begin our Wednesday nights. And that's by telling a dad joke. We call it dad jokes with Kevin. And sometimes they're really bad dad jokes with Kevin. But I thought this one was appropriate today. Uh, so if you know the answer, which some of you may, don't shout it out. But here's the question. What did the mama buffalo say to her son when he was going off to college? I will tell you. Thanks, Austin. Bye, son. You're right, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> Laughter and applause, no need. <laughs> when Caroline was about three or four, and Jay was between one and two, um, I was in our house, and uh, I was walking back towards Caroline's bedroom. Her door was shut, and I didn't see Jay. And I thought, well, huh, I wonder where Jay is. Well, I didn't have to guess very long when I heard a smack pop. And then Jay start crying. I knew exactly what had happened. And so I opened up Caroline's door. And sure enough, there sat Jay on the bed crying. And Caroline's sitting there all innocent-like, right? And so I said, what happened in here? Caroline didn't say a word, and all Jay could do, because he couldn't communicate, was just point and cry. It was pointing right at Caroline. And I was like, okay, we get Jay calmed down, and then uh, uh, he got him out of the room. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to have a very teachable moment with my daughter. I'm going to break off some knowledge for her. I'm going to give her some wisdom this morning. And um, so I said, Caroline, do you believe that God can see everything? And she goes, yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. I said, well, that's good. Do you believe that God saw what happened in this room? Uh, yes, Daddy. I believe, I believe that. I believe that God saw what happened in this room. And I said, okay. I said, well, if you believe that God can see everything and that God just saw what happened in this room, would he come and tell Daddy that you smacked Jay? She thought for a second. She goes, no, Daddy. God don't talk to people like that. I lost the teachable moment right there. 
truth finally surfaced, and, um, and it was all good after that. But wisdom, instruction, what is it? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The word wisdom is mentioned 45 times in the book of Proverbs alone. In Proverbs 1, we read this, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction is wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, to fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The ESV study notes tell us that these verses give us the purpose and the meaning and the context and the background of the book of Proverbs. The wisdom talked about in Proverbs, it's practical, it's intellectual, it's moral, and it probes our inner being. Proverbs is a a, a book of great virtue that it seeks to instill in us teachability, and the willingness to grow in wisdom no matter how far along we are in our spiritual journey. The Hebrew word uh, for wisdom is this, chokmah, and it can be defined as one who is both knowledgeable and experienced in following God's ways. We see in verse 7 of chapter 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Simply stated, a wise man fears the Lord. Therefore, to be wise in a biblical sense, one must begin with a proper relationship with the Lord. The Bible Knowledge Commentary states, to fear the Lord means to respect Him for who He is and to respond to Him in trust, in worship, in obedience, and in service. If God is not honored and his word is not followed, then wisdom can never be attained. Therefore, having wisdom begins with having a relationship with the Lord that is rooted in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it is being sanctified by the word of his truth. And then it gives us instructions as to how we are to live in preparation for the day of his promised return. The essence uh, is this, this is the essence of the story of the Bible. It's the story of redemption and justification, the story of sanctification. And the reality is that one day you and I will be standing before the Lord giving an account for our life and how we lived here on earth. So as we study this proverb today, have these thoughts in mind because this is the wisdom that will make your life really matter for what really counts. Graduates, you have accomplished so much already in your life. But today... I want you to know and understand with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul what's most important. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Would you stand with me as we read together 
Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Hear, O son, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep, keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for these wise words of instruction that's found in the book of Proverbs. God, I pray that this morning, as we unpack this just a little bit, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would impart to us truth and that we would respond in obedience. Father, today is an awesome day. It is a great day, and we are so thankful for our graduates. And God, we celebrate them this day. And God, I pray moreover than that, that the name of the Lord Jesus is high and lifted up and exalted and honored and, and, and glorified in all that we do and say this morning. Use this message to speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll be happy to know that I only have one point this morning. You will not be so happy to know that I have many subpoints to that main point, and that my subpoints have subpoints. We should be done by about three o'clock. The main point is this graduates, this is what I want you to take home. Church, this is what I want us to take home today. Wise people listen to godly instruction. Let me say it again. Wise people listen to godly instruction. Verse 1 and 2 say this. Hear, O sons, of father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. In this section, Solomon is urging his sons to pay attention to the things in life that really matter. When I was in high school, I had a football coach who was vertically challenged. And in order for him to get our attention, what he would do, since he could not look into our eyes on a level basis, he would always have to look up to us. But many times, he, if he really wanted to get our attention, he would reach up and he would grab our face mask and he would pull that face mask down with our head in it to pull it right up to his face so that we could look eye to eye 
see into his soul and his spirit. And then he would give us the knowledge about football that he would want to give us. He had our attention. It's like I remember my father used to tell me, son, look at me when I'm talking to you. That's the image that I get here. Solomon and his sons, getting them on a level to where they can hear and understand this powerful instruction that he's about ready to give them. There are numerous scriptures that talk about this, that encourages us to get ourselves in a position to hear the Lord. James 1.19 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs 19.20 says this, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 18.13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. Proverbs 2.2 says, Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. The Bible is full of commands like this. So what is it in Proverbs chapter 4? That Solomon is saying, come here. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because I want to tell you some things that really matter. And what is it that the Lord might be saying to us? He's grabbing our face mask, so to speak. And he's getting us eye to eye with him. And he is saying, listen to my words. Listen to what I want to say to you. So what is he trying to say to us? I want us to notice a few things this morning about this message that Solomon has for his sons and about what the Lord has for us. The first thing is this. In verse 2, we learn that God's instruction is good. So he's got our attention. He's got our face on, on level with him. And he's saying, listen, what I'm fixing to tell you, it's good news. It's not burdensome. It's good news. So listen up. Verse 2 says, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. What does it mean that this instruction is good? The preacher's homiletic commentary states what this good instruction is. It's good doctrine. Without good doctrine, there can be no wisdom. Without good doctrine, there can be no good character. It states, there can be no right feelings towards God unless there has been a right teaching about him. True views of God can only come from true doctrine concerning him. Without a right view of God, there is no motive to form character. A man must know God as he is before he can begin to follow him. In his book, Truth on Fire by Adam Ramsey there's a quote by A.W. Tozer, and it's a quote that you've probably heard many times over. But Tozer says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Ramsey goes on to say that every Christian should want to know accurately what the God they love is actually like. In this way, clear theological thinking becomes to me like a photo of my wife, he says. It reveals to me the beauty of the one that I love. Sound doctrine matters because it shows us the qualities of God we worship. Ramsey 
ends this paragraph by quoting Jen Wilkin, who says this, The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. To know doctrine, what the Bible says about God, is good news. Solomon is looking at his boys, saying, I've got some good news for you today. I've got some good news for you. Graduates, God's got your attention. He's saying, I've got some good news for you today. What I'm going to tell you is good. Church, God's got our attention. He's saying, what I want to tell you today, I've got some good news for you. So what is it that we learn in doctrine that is so good? The first thing that I want us to to understand this morning is to know that God is sovereign and that he reigns and rules no matter what happens is good news. To know that God is sovereign. When we look around us and we see the world falling apart, when we maybe look into our lives personally and we see that things are falling apart, it's good news to know that God is sovereign. He is all-powerful and he is in control of what happens here on this earth and he is in control of what happens in your life. To know that God is sovereign is good news. Secondly, to know that God is unrivaled and unmatched, and that he has no equal, and that he is strong in our weakness is good news. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That is good news this morning because there are going to be some things that happen to us in our life and we feel beat down. But to know that the one who created this world is in control and he's unrivaled, he's unmatched, he is all-powerful is good news for us this morning. This good news also tells us that God is omnipresent, that he's always near to us, especially in our times of trouble. That's good news this morning. It's also good news to know that God is omniscient, knowing every star and planet in his universe, and yet he is intimately of every thought that we have ever had and every need that we will ever have is good news. Paul exclaimed it like this in Romans eleven thirty three: Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom of the knowledge of God. Church, Friends, graduates, we get the benefit of the good news of God and his character. We get to swim in that wake of who he is. We receive the blessing of this good news this morning. It's good to know that he's sovereign. It's good to know that he's unrivaled and unmatched. It's good to know that he's everywhere. And it's good to know that he is all-powerful this morning. It's also good to know that he's gracious. And merciful. This is who God is. This is his character. I'm so glad to know that the mercies of God are new every morning. I'm so glad that it was God's grace that saved me. 
despite who I am. That's good news. Because I've failed him. I fail him all the time. But God's saying, I've got some good news for you. My mercies are new each and every day. It's good to know that. It's good news. It's good to know, too, that God's love is never-ending. His love towards us never ceases, even when we feel unlovable. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt unlovable? It's in those moments that the truth about who God is says, I love you. Graduates, there may be times in your journey from here on that, that you feel unlovable. But let God whisper to you through the truth of his word, I love you. And that no matter what happens, there's nothing that you can do that will make you love you anymore. And there's nothing that you could ever do to make, you, make me love you any less. It's good news to know that God is love. It's also good news to know that God is righteous. We read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's good to know that he is righteous because what he does is he takes his righteousness and he imputes it in us. We're not deserving of that. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his grace and his mercy. And we don't deserve his righteousness. But just because he is all of these things, we get to share in the benefit of his love and of his grace and of his mercy and of his righteousness. And when we stand before God the Father one day, we don't go in, uh, on our own merit. We go because of the righteousness that God has imputed in us. It's good to know. God is righteous. And lastly, for time's sake, it's good to know that God is victorious. It's good to know that he came and lived a sinless life and then he died on a cross. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. And when he rose from the grave, he defeated death. He defeated sin. And he defeated the grave. And because of that, if we are in him, we too will be victorious. It's good to know these things about God and his character. It's good news. Solomon saying to his sons, I've got some good news for you. This instruction is good. All these wonderful characteristics that describe God are good because they're good for us. And if we pay close attention this morning, will be blessed. Well, not only is God's instruction good, we learn in verses 3 and 4 that it is worthy of being passed along. This good news is worthy of being passed along. Verses 3 and 4 state, When I was a son with my father tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. 
Solomon recalls how he learned wisdom from his father, David, which led him to ask for it from the Lord. You remember the story in 1 Kings chapter 3 when God came to Solomon in a dream and told him, ask for anything. And Solomon said, God, give me wisdom to lead my people. I would like to think that Solomon's desire to ask for wisdom above anything else was driven by his father, David, pouring into him the importance of having wisdom. Solomon recognized the worth of passing this news along. It's worthy of passing along. Parents, can I ask you a question? What are you passing along to your children? Grandparents, what are you passing along to your grandchildren? What are you communicating to them by your words? What are you communicating to them by your actions? What you are communicating to them in your words and your actions is essentially telling them, this is what's most important to me, and this is what should be most important to you. We communicate to our kids. We pass information along to our kids by what we say to them, by how we use our words, and by what we do, where our feet lead us to go. In one of the greatest TV shows ever made, and I know Darren Johnson and Dean Hardister know the show that I'm talking about, the Andy Griffith Show, best TV show ever. In one episode, Andy and Aunt B had just finished eating dinner, and they're on the porch just relaxing. And Aunt B looks at Andy and said, "Hey, Andy, uh, did you enjoy dinner tonight? Did you enjoy the white beans that I made for you tonight?" And he goes, boy, mm, I sure did. She goes, well, I was wondering. You never said anything. He said, well, I ate four bowls, and eating speaks louder than words. <laughs> it's important. It is important what we say. But it's also hugely important to what we do because we're passing along what's most important to us, parents, grandparents, what is most important to you that you are passing along to your kids? Listen, I am so thankful that when I looked at the life of Bobby and Libby Knight, my parents, I saw them read and study their Bible. I heard them pray. I saw my dad every Sunday morning when we still had to, to write checks and put them in the tithe envelope. I saw him do that every Sunday morning. And I began to think to myself, man, these things really must be important to my parents. And whether they realized it or not, I was sitting back and I was watching them. I was watching them study their Bible. I was watching them get ready for church on Sunday morning where we should be. I can't remember a time in my life growing up where my father and my mother looked at me and said, Son, we're not going to church today. I am so thankful that, that they instilled in me this, this message that should be passed along from generation to generation to generation, that the Word of God means something to us. The Word of God is full of good news, that meeting with His people in the church is a good place to be, that tithing is a good thing, that praying is a good thing. These are all things that were passed along to me from my mom and dad. They were most influential in my life. Now, surely, 
Other people passed along some things to me that I truly appreciate. But it meant so much coming from my mom and my dad. There's a song that we used to sing at youth camps growing up. Some of you in here may know it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to speak it. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around will warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. What are we passing on to our kids? Third, in verse 4, we also learn that we are to hold fast to this instruction. So we know this instruction is good. We know this instruction is worth being passed along. And now we learn that this instruction is, is worthy of holding fast to. We hold fast to it. Verse 4 states that he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. I think of something that means so much to me that I, I don't want to let it go. I remember one year, before we came to Pitts, we were on a, a youth beach retreat. And I was sitting up in the chair, and I was watching our youth out in the ocean playing in the water. And then Jay, who was super young, uh, was playing right in the surf, not very far from me. It was time for us to go, and I walked to the edge of the water almost right to Jay, and I looked at our kids out in the water. I said, hey, y'all, it's time to go. Let's go. And then I, and I got Jay, and I turned around. I said, there's your mom. Go to your mom. And then I turned back around, making sure all the kids are getting out of the water. Molly wasn't very far away. But when I turned back around, she didn't have Jay. And I looked to the left. I looked out in the water. I looked behind me, and I looked everywhere. He was gone. He was gone. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I started to panic. I didn't, and I started yelling for his name, Jay, Jay. Molly started yelling, Jay, Jay. And then what seemed like an eternity, uh, a lady finally brought Jay back to us. And all I could remember in that moment, all I wanted to do was just pick him up and hold him and not let him go. And when he was back in my arms, that was the most satisfying feeling that I could have. To know that my son was safe in my arms and I did not want to let him go. How tightly do you hold to the word of God? I had a friend growing up in high school who I thought, truly thought he was a believer. But he said, Kevin, every night before I go to bed, I pick up the Bible and I kiss it. And I put it on my nightstand. Good for you. That's great. <laughs> But if that's all he's doing, that's not holding tightly to the word of God. To hold tightly to the word of God, it's outlined in, 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 in the next few verses in, in our text this morning. It talks about to hold tightly to the word of God. We are to obey its commands. We're to remember it. We are not to forsake it. And we are to, to love it. That's how we hold tightly to the word of God. We simply just don't come on a Sunday morning and study it together as a group. 
We study it at home so we can know and learn its commands and be obedient to his commands. And that way we remember it and we don't forsake it and we love it. Many scriptures that encourage us to do this. One of them happens to be my life verse that I've, I've shared with you on numerous occasions. But Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. If you read it, you remember it. And if you do what it says, you keep its commands. Your life will be successful. Maybe not by what the world standards are, but by what really matters. Proverbs 8.33 says, Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Psalm 119.47 and 48 say, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. The word of God is not burdensome to us. The word of God is something that we love and embrace. John 14, 21 says, He who has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and show myself to him. We show our love for God. We show our love for his word by holding fast to it, by clinging to it like we cling to nothing else. John 15, 10 and 11 say, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Graduates, hold on tightly to the word of God. There's going to be times in your life where you feel torn apart, there's going to be times in your life when you feel like everything around you is crumbling and falling down. Hold tightly to the Word of God. Because I believe if you hold tightly to the Word of God, you can, you can embrace the words of this song that we sing often in youth group and how we sometimes sing it in here. It's called a firm foundation. The words are, Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He won't. The song goes on to say, I've got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength because I've built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. The rain came. Wind blew. But I built my house on you. I'm safe with you, and I'm going to make it through. So many people use the word of God in moments of crisis in their life. Hold tightly to the word of God always, for when the times of rain and storm come, your house is built on the rock the solid rock that's never shifting and that will never leave you.
Paul exclaimed in Colossians 1.17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We know this and understand that by holding fast to his word. Lastly, to hold fast to the wisdom of God is to prize her, to cherish it. Verse 8 says, prize her highly and she will exalt you. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. What do you treasure? What do you prize? I'll confess that 2022 is probably uh, the best year in sports that I can remember in a long time. Because it was that year that in the spring late winter of that year, that the University of North Carolina went over to this little place called Durham and beat the Duke Blue Devils in Mike Krzyzewski's last home game. That was so satisfying. Oh, I'm a Tario fan, by the way, just to let you know. And then only a few weeks later, there came a game that was even bigger than that one. It was in the final four. And everybody was like, oh, Carolina's going down now. They're going down. They done made Duke mad. Mm. It was so satisfying to watch the Tar Heels beat Carolina again. Whew, that was good. You know what? I anticipated that game, those games. I looked forward to watching those games I made time to watch those games I celebrated in the middle of those games and when the game was over and they were victorious I celebrated even more I even called my son and my dad and we celebrated together I guess you could say, I prize that game, those games. I treasure those games. But I'm wondering for myself and maybe for anyone else in here, do we prize and cherish the word of God the same way that we would look with anticipation of getting into it in the morning? That we would look with anticipation by coming to church on a Sunday morning and meeting with God's people and studying it together. And then when you're studying it either alone or, or here in this, in this body of believers, you're actually excited about what you're learning. You're learning the good news of God. You're learning the, the good instruction that it brings. You're learning that it's worthy of being passed along. You're, you're excited that you're holding fast to it. And then when you, when you leave these, 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 these walls of this building and you go out into your circles of influence, do you go uh, and have the same attitude of, I'm celebrating, I'm still celebrating that same victorious message that I heard in my quiet time this morning or that I have had and learned in my Sunday school lesson or here when Pastor Scott preaches? Do I go about it with that same kind of treasure? I, I just treasure the Word of God. I anticipate it. I read it. I celebrate it. And I want to pass it on. 
That's what really matters. This world is going to tell you that other stuff matters more important to that. But that's what really matters. That's what lasts for eternity's sake. How tightly are you holding on to the word of God? Do you prize it and treasure it in that way? Psalm 119.11 said, I treasure your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lastly, this morning, verse 13 tells us that we are to guard his instruction. We're to guard it. We're to guard the wisdom that he has entrusted to us. The, The wisdom that he's given to us through the scriptures, we're to guard it. We're protect it. It says this, verse 13, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. When I think of the word guard, I think of protection. We protect what is valuable to us. What does it mean to guard it? What does it mean to protect it? To me, it means that we get rid of the things that keep us from receiving it fully. We get rid of those things. And then later on in Proverbs chapter 4, we read in verses 23 through 27, very practical ways to, to guard and protect the word of God that he's entrusted to us. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. And put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your paths will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The eyes are the gateway to the heart and soul of who we are. What we allow them to take in defines who we are. Jesus said, it's not what goes into the mouth or into the stomach that defines the mouth, but it's what comes out of our mouth. It's what defines us. Solomon is saying here, if you want to guard what God has entrusted you and you want to protect the word of God, guard what goes into your eyes. Guard what comes out of your mouth. And then guard the path that your feet will tread to go. At home about four years ago, we received a surprise from our son in the form of a chocolate lab. His name's Bullet. I talk about Bullet a little bit, don't I? I like him. He's a good dog. He was a puppy. Now he's 105 pounds. Chocolate lab. We love him. Love him so much. But he's loud. He is really loud. We hear every time that a bird flies by, We hear him every time a cat walks by, another dog and a neighbor walk by. We we hear him really loud and clear. It's like he's warning us, hey, I'm in here. Y'all better not come in here. There's a warning signal. I'm giving you that warning signal. Pay attention to me. Don't come in here because if I get out of here, I'm going to eat you up. In the same way. I think there's a warning signal in us 
that sounds loudly. Don't be looking at that. Don't entertain that thought. Don't be saying that. Don't be going there. But instead, look at me. Look at me as you study and embrace the good news of God's word and his wisdom. And let your words be filled with, with, with praise to me and to the edification of those around me. And let your feet take you where I know you should go. I think a wise person listens to godly instruction because it's good news. It's worthy of being passed along. It's worth holding on to. It's worth treasuring and honoring and prizing. And it's worth guarding with every fiber of your being. Let's pray. God, we thank you that your words are indeed encouraging for us. Father, I thank you that it is good news that you instruct us in. You let us know who you are, Father. And that is so good because we get the benefit of that. God, we thank you that, um, that we can hold on to it. We have numerous copies of the Bible in our homes, I'm sure. I pray that they just don't sit there and sit on the shelf and collect dust. But I pray, God, that we read them intently so that we can know and understand who you are. And then by doing so, we know and understand who we are in Christ. God, my hope is, Lord, that each of us this morning will evaluate our lives to see if we are indeed treasuring the word of God the way that we should to receive its instruction. But God, I pray for these graduates in a special way that, Lord, that when they leave this place and, and, and um, the protection, so to speak, of, of being here at this home church, that they seek out a place to where they can worship you and the place that studies the word of God rightly. And Father, that they just don't depend on corporate worship uh, for that. God, I pray that they don't neglect corporate worship. I pray that they're in church when they need to be. In. But God, as they're alone in their room, in their closet, I pray, God, they open up your word and receive your instruction because it's good news. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each graduate and their family. Pray, Father, you continue to shower your blessings upon them as they walk this journey of life seeking you, seeking to do your will. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.